Everybody sells something. Whether you are in promotions, customer service, or sales, without a plan, you are looking at a near zero chance at success. Welcome to Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO with host Bill Bush. If you are looking to gain or retain your clients, this is one hour you and your business can't afford to miss. Now, here is your host, Phil Bush. Well, hello, everybody. Whether you are in the United States and it's an afternoon or you're around the world and it could be any time, welcome to Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. This week, I am very excited because this week's show is entitled The View from the Practitioner. And it was important that as we talked about this, I really wanted to have somebody at the ground level of the of what's going on. And I'm very honored to have Brent Prosser. He's the vice president of U.S. Healthcare Sales for Infor. Brent's been in the industry for 30 plus years in a variety of roles of consulting, sales. And he started a consulting firm in 1990, uh, focusing first on what was the time Dun & Bradstreet Software and then Lawson sold that firm, and he went to various startup companies and, and then eventually ended up at Lawson, which then, of course, became Infor. He moved into the software side of that business and ran the central region, and now he runs U.S. healthcare sales for Infor's client base since 2014. Brent is a graduate of Purdue, great school, by the way, and uh, Brent, you and I have the same uh, basic background in terms of education from two different great technical schools. So, Brent, welcome to our show. Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much, and, and I appreciate you not mentioning fo- uh, Purdue's football team. <laughs> oh, well, it's okay. School, but not as far as the football is concerned, not so much. Yeah, well, I go to Georgia Tech, and we have a similar <laughs> issue, so I know yeah, exactly yeah. what you mean. Well, you know, today's show is all about what's going on out there at the ground level. You're dealing with this day by day, I know, because when I try and call you, you're not there very much. You're working on accounts or opportunities all the time. So first, I want to tell our listeners out there, please feel free to dial in, and you can talk to Brent or I, and we're happy to answer your questions. Dial 866-472-5789 if and feel free to join, and, and we'll be happy to answer your questions as you if you pose one. What I wanted to first of all talk about, Brent, was kind of the evolution. What's happened? And you've been in this game for a long time. At the last, you know, especially in the last five to ten years, how have things really evolved out there? What's going on? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. And, um, you know, I, I think it all boils down to the availability of information that people have. Uh, yeah. Whether it's you know Twitter, you know all, all the various social networking avenues, you know Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or the various blogs that are out there, everything that's on the web. I mean, if you want anything, just Google it. And uh, you know whether the information is real and valid or you know FUD, it's just so mm-hmm. e- so much more easily accessible now than it used to be. So you know in in the past, you know before the advent of all you know of all this information, it was so much easier for us to sell on the message. And we could, you know, somewhat control the message that was getting out into the marketplace. And uh, that's really not the case anymore. Um, prospects right. and customers are way more informed than they used to be. And uh, like I said, you can't sell them the message. So, um, it, so what we have found, and what seems to work for us, is that the more we focus on, 
you know, you're not going to avoid that. Everything I just said, it's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So the more we can focus on understanding what the customer is trying to accomplish, you know, what their business issues are, what their board level challenges are and, and initiatives and, and, and really make it all about the customer and how we can help them be successful as opposed to, uh, you know, all about us, um, which yeah. is a new concept. It's just so much more no. important now than it used to yeah. be. So that, that's really, the, you know, the, the main things that I've seen in the last five to ten years. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's great, Brandon. And it, I think it kind of confirms what we've talked about over the last few weeks. But it's great to hear that, you know, we're on the right track. And like I said, you're living it day by day. And so mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I, I, I have seen in terms of what you're saying is the speed at which things move is so much quicker than it used to be because of that availability of information you mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's absolutely. out there. Yeah. yeah. So, so now you deal with a lot of sellers on a regular basis, I know, and this is not to pick at any type of seller or any seller in particular, because I, I see sellers who do some really interesting good things and some really interesting bad things. What, from your perspective, are, is the good and the bad in terms of when you see sellers today, what are they doing really well, and, and where could they use some additional reinforcement from your perspective? Well, you know, let's let's go back to Phil when you and I were somewhat younger, mm-hmm. back in you know, like, you know when the Y two K thing happened, you know, and ah, yes. and anybody who wanted to get into sales, if they could fog a mirror, they could get into sales because everybody yes. needed people to sell software. And then the economy kind of went in the dumper, and then we came back a little bit, and then went back down again, and and so the people who were the pretenders uh, to being you know good salespeople, they kind of fell by the wayside. So. The ones, uh, so that's kind of the good thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the bad thing, sellers, that, that I, I've seen. And, and fortunately, we don't have as many of those as we used to. Um, yeah. What I see as far as the the good, and it was interesting, you know, in the intro to the show here, one of the, one of the lines was, without a plan, something. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that, that is, I think, the key, from a, especially from a manager's perspective, one of the good things about, um, you know, the sellers of today, the ones that are successful. They're, yeah. they're not just hoping for the magic of the moment. You know, they, they don't mm-hmm. find an opportunity and then just kind of work it, hoping it's going to go, hoping it's going to all work out. They they have a plan, whether it's a plan, you know, a process that they use, whether it's one that they have developed themselves that they have adhered to and found to be successful, or one that their company subscribes to or, or their manager, whoever it is. But from a manager manager's perspective, you know, we want we want predictability and we want yes. we want to know that. If somebody says that something is a stage two deal, well, then, you know, our definitions are the same. And the same activities are going to be happening on this deal to get it to a stage three deal as with the deal that another rep is, is working. So that yeah. consistency and that process and, and that, that plan, execution of a plan, is, is, I think, huge. And the ones that, you know, there are some that get it, some, some reps mm. get it, some don't. The ones yeah. that do get it are the ones that are consistently exceeding goal and going to club. And the ones right. that, that don't get it are the ones that, you know, they may may hit a home run one year and make it to club, but uh, it's kind of a one-off kind of a thing. So, yeah, um, you know, you got to have a program. And I know you subscribe to that. You do, oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's what well, your career is about. So, and, it is. You know, I guess it's not <clears throat> from, um, you know, from my perspective, because I, I run the U.S. for healthcare for N4, but mm-hmm. I, I run all of our client business. So I have a peer who runs our net new logo business. Um, so from my standpoint, there's not just opportunity management. There's also account management. And, you know, yeah. in order to, to be able to figure out how to, 
how to uh, understand how you can best help a, a, a customer, you need to understand the account and have a plan for how you're going to do that and how you're going to execute on that. And then out of that come come opportunities and, you know, furthering relationships and all that kind of good stuff, which, you know, revenue follows. So right. It's, you know, it's having an organized approach. Uh, that's, you know, those, that's the good things. And one of the good things and the bad things, like I said, are the, are the, the people who just really don't get it and don't want to get it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, then there, there, are the, there are those that get it. There are those that aspire to get it, and they're the ones that need, you know, to some degree, either a lot or a little coaching. And then there right. are the others that, that don't get it, and those are probably the ones that should be out selling, you know, uh, commodity type things instead of something yeah. where you need to really differentiate and have a, a long drawn out sales cycle. Right. Yeah, that's a really interesting summary, uh, Brent, because you know you talked about our entry to our show talks about having a plan, and you're right. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, and one of the interesting things you mentioned the Y2K era. And as you mentioned, anybody who could fog a mirror pretty much could be in sales during that time is absolutely the case. And I actually, in one role I previously had, I actually stopped interviewing people from certain companies where they were very big in the Y2K business, but all they could pretty much do was fog a mirror. And mm-hmm. if, you, if, you, if you weren't careful, they come in and said, oh, well, I did this and did this. And the answer was they didn't really do anything. They just were there when the order came in. And uh, you, but you make some really great points about predictability, consistency, being organized. And I think that's a really, whatever you sell in this day and age, I think those things are very important. So I think, in, and you, I know it's selling in your world is, I mean, selling to healthcare organizations, it's not easy. It's a complex no. sale. Yeah, yeah. You know. it's very complex. They're, they're typically very risk averse. Yes. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it, our, our systems are so complex. I mean, if you think, mm. for those that aren't familiar with healthcare, the, the, like yeah. the, the software landscape in healthcare, and, and when I'm talking healthcare, I'm talking hospitals, places with beds. Yes. So there's two main types of software. There are the clinical systems that are all about patient data and taking care of patients, and there are the back office systems, you know, the ERP systems, you know, us and Oracle right. and to some extent Workday. So all of the financials and HR type of thing. Sure. So think of those two types of software, those are the ty- those, that's what runs an entire health system for the most part. Right. And so we, if you think of the people that are on my team, you know, like I said, we manage the, the, our client business. Um, mm-hmm. Not only are we just, we're, we're tasked with selling and growing our footprint within these accounts, we're, we're responsible for the daily care and feeding of these accounts and, and their yeah. happiness and making sure that they're getting everything they need. So right. uh, the, the kind of back to the initial question of uh, what are the good and, and bad things about today's seller, sellers. And in my world, the, the good things that you know, somebody, somebody who excels in this role is somebody who knows how to balance selling versus managing an account and, and understanding right. that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And they've got to mm. make sure that the customer is getting taken care of and, and getting all the right, you know, people from Infor leveraged in the account to make sure that they're successful. And if we do that, then we're going to come out ahead in the long run. The people right. who, who struggle with it are the ones that don't take that long strategic view and only look at the opportunity that's right in front of their nose and execute that, and then they move on to something else. And then it, it yeah. just doesn't work. 
No, I, I think that's really a great point. And, you know, what, what we talk about a lot on, on this show is what some of the things you've talked about, but it's really great hearing it from a practitioner level. Now, one of the other questions I was very interested in from your perspective, Brent, and, and this is admittedly it goes without saying, but clearly technology has affected all parts of our lives. But the use of technology in selling and the sales process, what's your opinion and perspective on that? Because I hear a lot of mixed different views on that, depending on you know what you do and what part of the sales world you're in. Yeah. Um, well, there's you know I, I kind of look at it from two different perspectives. One is our use of technology to further our selling efforts, and then right. also, uh, and I'm talking like internally, internal selling. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the sure. Or and the other the other way to look at it is using technology to get the word out. And yeah. um, I think if, if somebody has, uh, and we're getting better at it all the time, Every, all companies are getting better, most companies get better at it all the time. If you can yeah. figure out a way to, to, to somewhat automate or at least make it as easy as possible for, you know, frontline reps, frontline sales managers, you know, VPs like me to get, to get the word out to our network, whether it's through Twitter or through LinkedIn um, you know, targeted messaging, so it pops up on people's feeds, mm-hmm. and you've got content that you know, not just content for the sake of content, but content that actually people want to read. Then, right. you know, I think I think it's good, and it's the key to that though is making it so it's easy for people to do the reps, mm-hmm. all of us to do. Um, yeah. You know, everybody's so busy; they got so many demands on their time. They want to spend time with their families. They want to have some fun outside right. of work. You can't spend you know hours a day. Figuring out how to, to you know come up with some content to post out on LinkedIn on your LinkedIn feed. Right. So yeah. um, you know I, I think the key the, you know the key to to success and there are a couple of keys. One is you got to have content that's good. It can't you know be worth, worthless. But you've got right. to have a, some mechanism that you know people can sit down you know and when they're you know on their phone of an evening you know take three minutes when they're watching TV and figure and take a look at all the things that are in our, in our library that are available to post out on LinkedIn or, or to tweet. And it's, it's done in three minutes. You've got it done. That, that's right. what works. Uh, but trying to get, yeah. you know, I mean, we tried it without that and it failed miserably. Uh, wow. Quickly we realized it was failing because it wasn't yeah. easy for people to do. So the technology is great. The technology is out there and we just, you just need to leverage it. Then, yes. You know, and then from a technology standpoint, internally, things like, you know, Salesforce or whatever CRM system you use, uh-huh. I think, you know, we've all been in situations where we are being told to do something with CRM, and it was just, you knew it was not for the benefit of you. You know, it right. seemed like busy work. You're just keeping track yeah. of info. And somewhere sure. up the line, they wanted to have access to this info because they needed to pull dollar or pull data together. Right. But, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 not a it's not a motivator to be a, a good yeah. steward of the data. I can tell you that. And, no. Um, so what what I have what I've seen work. I, I've seen things not work. You know, which mm-hmm. is what I just described. And we all have you can put together. Yeah, yeah. When you can put together a CRM system or an approach to CRM, where not only is it something that's giving the senior executives what they need, giving the you know the, the mid level uh, executives what they need, and then the reps what they need. When you can do figure out a way to do that, which there is no magic formula, it's just yeah. you, know, you have to figure it out. Then everything works well. But right. um, um, you know the, the challenge is making it so it's not just people don't view it as busy work. Yeah, and that's so, like yeah, I've, Brent. I've seen it where it works and where it doesn't work. 
Yeah. Well, you've been in this business a long time. And I think what's really interesting about what we just learned is I talked about this segment kind of being the evolution. You know, Brent kind of gave us a really good view that the first thing Brent said was the availability of information being what it is now. And I think everything really carried from there. You know, the fact that it's easily accessible is very important. You know, you can't sell on just a message. You got to understand the customer from a big picture perspective. That getting the word out is very important, and and not putting putting efforts on salespeople to do busy work will you know that'll drive them all crazy. So as we get into our next segment, we'll take a quick break here. We're talking about the nuts and bolts, what's really going on at field level, and Brent, really great stuff. And it's good to hear that we're we're hitting some of the right notes, but we all know we have a ways to go. So we'll be right back after this quick message on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Maverin Sales and Marketing is a methodology independent and worldwide resource to help organizations better execute on sales process, sales coaching, sales planning, territory development, partner execution, and related topics. The organization works across all industries. Sales has certain elements that are beyond training and are better addressed by a company like Maverin, where each situation is unique. Reach out to Maverin by email at psbmaverin at gmail.com or call 404-840-4927. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO. To reach Phil Bush or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to psbush at bellsouth.net. Now, back to Sales Execution Optimization. Okay, well, we are back and. That was a great first segment, Brent. Really appreciate it. Talking about the evolution of what's really going on out there, and I think we learned an awful lot from the practitioner's perspective. And and that's really the point of this show is to give the folks listening just some idea of what's really happening, whether they be in sales, sales management, sales enablement. You know, there's a lot of different angles to this, and that was great to understand how things. And I think the two the key things that that Brent talked about is. The accessibility, the availability of information is so, you know, that's just a fact. So you just got to live with that, folks. And, and, you, and, and one of the things Brent said as well about sellers today, if you don't have a plan, and I talk about that in the open of this show, is without a plan, you're going to have a hard time figuring out what to do. Because one of the things about being in sales, those of you who are listening and out there, it's really easy to be busy in sales. That is not a challenge. It's about how you spend that time. So in this segment, what I wanted to talk about was the nuts and bolts and invite you again to call us 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Please feel free to call. And Brent and I are happy to take your questions. So Brent, given what you just told us, when you look at how transactions take place, Again, a, a transactional business is still how things happen. 
you know, in, cer- in certain environments. And you made the comment about how long sometimes they take, and that certainly is the case. But buyers working with sellers, you know, again, given what you said about the buyer side, what are, what are the sellers doing out there? How are they evolving their approach to, to really be more effective in getting things done? Well, they, uh, you know, like, like we talked about in the first segment, they're, they're using any, you know, all the information that's out there on the Internet to uh, mm-hmm. be smarter about us. Yes. And, you know, so they not only, you know, they're doing their due diligence for sure. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're finding out everything there is to know, warts and all, about, about us and our competitors and how we do business. And, right. And, uh, and you know, it, it's, it's actually a good thing. It makes our job yeah. a little harder sometimes, but it's a good thing. Um, so that that thorough investigation and the due diligence they're doing it it, it really it, it prolongs the sales cycle for sure. Ah. Um, uh, and and just because it you know we we find ourselves having to do you know depending on the size of the transaction some you know having to do more demos than we used to. Uh, yeah. You know, because they just they want to fly back over the target one time and see something again just to make sure yes. that they understand it and you know we, we want them to. They want to, we want them to buy with you know with their eyes wide open and and you know we're not certainly not trying to hide anything at all, but sure. uh, they're you know they they're they're more inquisitive and they're they uh, and take and so it takes long longer to get to a, a vendor of choice decision, and then mm-hmm. once we get to a vendor of choice decision, a lot of times it takes longer to get through the contracts, especially if it's yeah. a transaction, because you know yeah. if, if uh, you know cloud is still relatively new in healthcare, not not mm-hmm. real new, but I mean it's. It, let me yeah. put this way. Two years ago, we were having to be kind of evangelists about moving to the cloud. Now right. we don't have to be that way anymore. But um, people are still, you know, they're leery about moving their 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 core data to their organization, you know, out yeah. of their data center. And if you think about a hospital who has a twenty four hour, you know, OR or you know, ER type of an operation, right. and they need to make sure that they're getting supplies from from the you know the storeroom to the, the operating theater. Right. Then you know you can't have supply chain going down. No. And so you know so much due diligence and so much is being put. You know, right. investigations being done into stability in the cloud and things like that. So it's it's uh, yeah. it's it just prolongs things and and yeah. you know, it, it just is what it is. It's we're not it's not going to go away. And we want we want them to be comfortable with the decisions that are, that are being right. made. Um, you know, another thing that, that and it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the first segment about understanding customers' business. Uh-huh. Uh, it, I, I was sitting in the back, you know, this a couple of years ago, I, I guess. I was sitting in the back of an auditorium. I was at a CIO symposium, a healthcare CIO symposium. And I had a couple of, of reps with me, and they were kind of sitting on either side of me. And it got to be about two-thirds of the way through the day, and we'd have heard from a, a number of different CIOs talking about the things that they were, you know, that kept them up at night and the big initiatives that their board were, initiatives their boards were pursuing, and, and yep. you know, they were things, you know, like accountable care and mm-hmm. uh, implementing a new um, clinical system, and, you know, it, one of the reps leaned over to me, and this was a very, this was a seasoned rep, leans over mm-hmm. and says, you know what? I haven't heard them talk about anything that they care about. That's what we sell. And yeah. that, that's what I'm. That's what I keep telling you guys about. Yes, you got to understand what these board level, you know, initiatives are. Yeah. And let's say that a, that a health system is wanting to, you know, they're wanting to grow market share twenty percent in their, mm-hmm. their GOS. 
and the way they're going to do it is they're going to they're going to acquire, and they the way they're going to have to acquire is they they've got to raise money, but they also want to save as much you know they want to as much cost reduction as they can, you know, and so on down the line. Well, when you right. get down to saving money, that's what our software yeah. does. You take there money you out go. Of the supply chain, and there yeah. are a lot of different ways that we can talk to somebody about how we can take money out of their supply chain. Right. So understanding that chain from. You know, at the very top of the the organization, where they want to grow market share twenty percent, down to, you know, down, you know, how we can using analytics, we can show them yes. how to take money out of the supply chain. That's the linkage that you have to be able yeah. to to talk to. And, and you know, yes, you, you're absolutely. Not going to go into a, yeah, you're not going to go into a CFO's office and say, "Hey, I hear that you you guys are wanting to expand your uh, your market share, grow market share twenty percent. I've got a product that can help you do that." Well, he's, he or she is going to laugh you out of the room. Yeah, they will. You have to understand that linkage between yes. what we can do or, you know, anybody that's listening here, what you can do to solve problems to the, the, big, the big problems big that the organization is trying to address. Yeah, and, and Brent, that, that to me is fascinating because, I, you know, you, you made some interesting comments there that I, I want to reinforce with our, with our audiences. You know, the notion of due diligence, you know, one of the published stats that I know we've all seen who are in this line of work is that Gartner estimates prior to them talking to one of those reps, the customer believes they have done 70% of their due diligence. Now, we know that may not be the case, but that's what they think. And you don't tell a customer they're wrong in that situation. You've got to go through that multiple paths across the target, as you mentioned, which is very important. So you're going to have a longer sales cycle. But the most fascinating thing you just said, it's what I call the connection, the connectivity chain. You've got to tie what you sell to the big picture of what's important, and there is ways to do it. Now, it may not be as obvious as you might like it to be, but it can be done. And I think you made the comment earlier about this is what separates the, I guess, the really good sellers from those who are they're not saying they can't be good sellers. They aspire to be good sellers, as you said. That that's a great comment, and they're very coachable. So on that note, I wanted to ask you, and you know, you and I have both been in this field on and off for a while, and it goes by a lot of names. I happen to call it sales execution optimization, but for the, the audience out there, it goes by the term sales enablement. In the current selling environment, what role does that play in the environment, whether it be at your company or others you know of? How important is it? How is it used? Well, it's huge, and you know, to kind of tie the last topic to this one, there's yeah. a guy that Phil, you and I've known for a lot of years. He, he was, he's probably the closest as I've ever come to having a mentor in sales, and I've known him since yeah. the, the mid '80s. And he, I remember him telling me, uh, he said, "You know, Prosser, here's the deal: big <laughs> people spend big money to solve big problems, and your job is to figure out what those big problems are." Right. You know, that, that's that linkage you're talking about. Yes. And, you know, but, but it's one thing to understand that concept, but to get to your you know, point about enablement, to be able to do something with that concept and expand on it and understand it and be able to talk intelligently about it, you've got to have enablement. And right. it's, not just, it's not just understanding what our point of view system does or what our mobile supply chain uh, module does or you know, performance management, whatever. It's not just knowing what the product does and be able to, being able to pass a test on, uh, you know, being uh, certified on, on the product from a sales standpoint. You've got to be able to talk about that product in context of how people use it. 
and you've right. got to be able to talk about the benefits of it and you know how you know some some more stories that you can can throw out in conversation about mm-hmm. um, you know how you know so and so they you know they had a very similar problem that you're stating and and by implementing our yeah. software they found that they were able to save x amount of dollars you know maybe something you want to consider you know yeah. just being able to have those things roll off your yeah. tongue in conversation and not have it sound like right. you know it's a script. Um, Yes. You know, that's huge. And knowing your competitors yeah. and knowing, you know, how you stack up to them and, and what what you want to make sure you emphasize when you're, you know, competing against competitor A and what you want to make sure you stay away from because maybe they're a little better than you in that area. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the objections you're going to get. You know, it's really, it's blocking and tackling. But so often, yeah. not just software companies, but all companies, so often, no. you know, All we push our salespeople out into the field and say, here, go sell a bunch of stuff without giving them the yes. proper tools in order to be, you know, in order to sell a bunch of stuff. So yeah. it, it, it's yeah. hugely important. That's, and, yeah. you know, I, I know that... Very when, interesting, Brent. Yeah. When, when we were, when Lawson, Lawson had a pretty good sales enablement program. And, and when we got acquired, mm-hmm. kind of it got lost in the noise of being acquired and, and we just kind of, in the last probably four years, have put the band back together on, on enablement. Now we do a pretty good job of it. But we lost our way yeah. there for a little bit when we got got acquired. And yeah. you could tell. I mean, we had sales reps yeah. who were just like, okay, what am I supposed to be saying here? I don't have a clue. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, it's really interesting, Brent. It's very interesting how you phrase that because you talk a lot about some of the things that I emphasize and I've emphasized on, on our show over the last several weeks. You know, the ability to have that conversation about how what you do impacts what the customer's trying to accomplish. Now, we say it on this show and it sounds so simple. Now, I realize in the real world that you live in, it's not that easy. If we don't enable a seller to do it, well, they don't have an easy time of doing it and they go, what am I supposed to do? So I I think you're absolutely spot on. It makes perfect sense. So yeah, they, they yeah the, they the notion of the say. connectivity change. Yeah. yeah, they don't they don't have to yeah. say they don't know how to say it. They they uh, right. they they get frustrated and leave, or they don't make their numbers yes. for a couple of years and they get fired. You know, it, it's just it's not right. Good. So it, it certainly no, it's is, not. It's a necessity, and and you know, unfortunately, we've all seen it that when when it comes time for uh, you know budgets to be approved, a lot of times that's the kind of thing that gets gets whacked out of the budget. Oh yeah, but. Um, Oh yeah. Unfortunately, we've we've haven't fallen into that trap. So. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's a very interesting thing because Brent, one of the things you talk about, and I mentioned this on one of our earlier shows. For those of you who've been following along with us at home, playing our home version of our game, one of the things I talked about was setting vision, and I got several inquiries about this. And let me kind of just go into what I when I say setting vision, I don't mean trying to unload the bus on a customer to sell them everything that you've got. What I talk about is telling them what you can do for them to help them accomplish that big picture and making that connectivity from the ground level, the action level, as it were, you know, of how they really can use what it is you're selling to get that big picture vision accomplished. And, you know, I call it the connectivity chain. And, and Brent, you spoke to it so very well there. How are people going to really use this? And and then one of the things I talk to reps about a lot about salespeople, reps, managers, everybody is don't underestimate the importance of making the customer curious about what you mm-hmm. can do. 
because curiosity means that you get the right to give them some new information because they want to know. So I I think that's really important to to make emphasis to people is don't think that making the customer curious is a bad thing. It's a good thing Mm because then they're going to say, well, how would you do that? Then you can really do some interesting things. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so again, I, I know I you've seen that. For you, let me turn the sure. tables on you a little bit because I have a question. Oh, that's fine. We struggle with, we struggle with this a lot. You know, there mm-hmm. on the on the topic of enablement, there is so much yeah. enablement that if, if I were to be able to, you know, I could put together a, a list, you know, I don't know <laughs> two or three pages long of things that we need oh, enablement yeah. on. But I know you only have so much time in a day, and you can't be putting right. everybody in out of the field, you know, once a month in order to do no. enablement because we have people all over the country, all over the no. world, actually. So, uh, yeah. you know, time and money can't do that. Um, you know, distance learning, you know, that kind of stuff is is yeah. limited. You know, successful kind of limited in a limited way. What have you seen? I mean, right. what, what have you seen that works? We're I'm open to ideas. Yeah. Well, no, that's a great question, Brent, and I've seen two different approaches in general. One of them is the opportunity-based approach, tying it all back to a live opportunity, because one of the things I say, and you, you spoke to it earlier about attention span. You didn't use those words, but I think you were getting there. We have a very limited attention span as a populace. This isn't about any certain person, any sales, or any company. Everybody's got a limited attention span. And Brent, you spoke really well about it. you got to get the information out to your people, to your customers quickly and in very, very tight supply because they're not going to give you the time of day for you know hours on end. So I tend to tie it to opportunities because that's what really gets salespeople's attention first. Now, in your case, it's interesting because you've got both that as well as looking at the big picture. And you spoke to both those topics. So it's either got to be about a specific opportunity or a bigger view, the account, because otherwise it's all. And one of the things about salespeople that are so interesting, um, teaching them is a big challenge. And I don't mean that they don't want to learn. Not at all. It's just that their attention span is shorter than most, and they want to be out there in the field doing it. So most of my success that I've had has been, let's talk about a real situation. Let's not talk about something that's made up. Talk about a real deal, a real situation, and that tends to get their attention because then they're going, oh, this guy's not talking about some, you know, out there, this could be, this is something that I'm working on now. Yeah, and and that, to me, is the most the important thing. Yeah, those yeah. two things yeah. have been the key thing. Now, on that note, and this you talked about a little bit earlier, demand generation, I know that is a critically difficult, very difficult thing because of all the things you've already talked about. But, you know, you made the comment that you all have gone through several evolutions of it, and I'm and there's nothing perfect, believe me, I do know that. But mm-hmm. what, in general... Is, is working these days, what would you tell the typical seller or sales manager to do if they're trying to do it? Yeah, I, I think, <clears throat> yeah, we, we do struggle with it. I think everybody struggles with it. No, everyone does, got, you everybody. Know, you know, yeah, if you've got a bazillion dollars in marketing funds and oh, you can, yeah. you know, be all over CNN and Fox News and everything, then that's one exactly. thing. Exactly. Every company doesn't have that. So, you know, I, no. we have 
very limited success, very limited, with email blasts. You know, mm-hmm. they, they get yes. spam filters, people opt out, right. they can't send to them anyway. Um, right. We have, uh, we have a team of business development reps that are, they're not really, in, we have, they're not inside sales, they're not responsible for closing deals, they're responsible for getting the word out yeah. on webinars yeah. or seminars or, you know, conferences or whatever it is. We, we have had decent luck with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 the challenge is getting them smart enough to be able to talk intelligently. They're, you know, they're not going to have a deep yeah. conversation about, you know, our HCM stack. But they you no. know, give them a few points to make, and, and uh, you know, we have had some good success of, of them. Then get, once they get somebody's attention, driving them to a webinar. And then once we get them right. to a webinar, we have had, we've had a lot of success with that. Um, okay. The, kind of the, one, of the, one of the keys to a successful webinar we have found is it can't be just in for talking to people. It's got to be uh, a customer um, mm-hmm. giving, you know, giving a story about how they use whatever the solution is and what they, the benefits they found right. and the money they were able to save, et cetera. Yep. So um, we also so we're going to pick that. We're going to pick that up when we get back, Brent. Yeah, that's okay. really good, and I want to pick that up as our last segment, which is the walkaway. So we'll talk a little bit about the walkaway, but you know, transactions. You've heard from Brent about how transactions are really happening, sales enablement, and demand generation. And we're going to follow up with some real interesting conversation. I'll let Brent give you his view on how things can be done better. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Maverin Sales and Marketing is a methodology independent and worldwide resource to help organizations better execute on sales process, sales coaching, sales planning, territory development, partner execution, and related topics. The organization works across all industries. Sales has certain elements that are beyond training and are better addressed by a company like Maverin, where each situation is unique. Reach out to Maverick by email at psbmaverick at gmail.com or call 404-840-4927. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. is sales execution optimization the new seo to reach phil bush or his guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to psbush at bellsouth.net now back to sales execution optimization well, you've heard some really interesting things from Brent about the real world and how things are really happening, the things how, how transactions are taking place. The notion of sales enablement is very important. And then the demand generation aspect, which is a challenge for everybody. So, you know, we finished up there. And Brent, I always like to give our listeners as they leave some things they can walk away with. So, you know, and again, since you're living the life and I, you know, and, and that's what makes it a very great treat for me to have you on the show. And, we, you know, I work together a lot, but it, it's, you know, you're living it day by day. And I know you bounce from place to place, plane to plane, meeting to meeting, working on these things. So I appreciate your real world perspective on it. 
because uh, I learn from you every day when we're talking. But you, if you're talking to other sales professionals out there, given what's going on in the current sales moment, what's the advice? If you if you were a, a, a person who says, I want to be a sales professional, whatever field, doesn't matter, what kind of things would you give them to in the year 2016 to work on? Well, you know, fortunately, I, I don't. It's not rocket science. I don't think. Uh, no, good. You know, good. The, the, the same, you know, the old adage of you know treat people like you want to be treated. That still applies. Uh, yeah. Okay. Know, nobody likes the high pressure salesperson. Nobody. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it just that just at least in our in in the industry that I'm in, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. So yeah. you know, the advice that I would have to some, for people is, you know, be consultative. You know, don't go in ah. and, you know, be high-pressured, only talking about yourself, only talking about your products, your solutions. you got to understand what, they're, what, they're, what the company's, you know, your prospect or your customer is trying to accomplish before you even know what to talk to them about. So, right. <clears throat> there's a, you know, a guy that I work with, he, he likes to say, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. You know, you're supposed to be listening twice. Ah. So, Listen to what uh-huh. you know. Listen to what your customers saying. Listen to what you know as you're developing a coach. Listen to what they're saying, and uh, yeah. you know, figure out what the problems are that they're trying to solve, and understand that linkage right. you're talking about. You know, and, and then, yeah. you know, how can you solve a problem if you don't know what it is? So, you know, it that's a good comes point. Down to that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I agree, Brett, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So then, you know, being a business person, certainly be instead of yeah. just being a technologist or being a, a, a demo jockey or somebody who just understands the product, understand the business that you're selling into. Um, yes. You know, a lot of times, what, what I'm sure you found this too, Phil, when we're going in and talking to, you know, a C-level person, not only do they want to know what we can do to help them, they want to know how, mm-hmm. you know, how much we understand them, but they're also wanting to know what we yeah. know about the business. What they're wanting to get some scoop on what's going on elsewhere with their competitors or with, you know, with a sure. uh, health system across town or across the country. So, you know, they're looking for right. info. And if if you if you prove that to them that you can provide that info and that you can be, uh, you know, somewhat of a confidant and somewhat of a, a you know, someone that, that knows what they're talking about, you're going to get invited right. back. But if you're not, yeah. if you don't show that, you won't get invited back. That's right. So that, that's a key as well. And then, you know, that, yeah. that's all good when it comes to, you know, getting a deal, getting a deal set up, figuring out what it is, and working it through the through the sales process, which is a key. Got to have a process, as we talked about. But you know, eventually you've got to get the thing closed. And right, what the what I have seen, and we're maniacal about this in, in ah. our business unit, is understand the sequence of events to get a deal closed. Uh-huh. And, you know, somebody that's listening to this, may, you may be sitting there rolling your eyes thinking, well, yeah, that's, that's basic <laughs> stuff. But You'd be um, surprised. Man, it, you would not believe how many really successful salespeople get down to the end of a quarter with a month, I'm sorry, with a week or two left, have a million-dollar deal forecasted and committed to, and they can't articulate what are the steps between now and, and the end of the quarter to get the deal done. Who there has you go. to prove it? Where are we with red lines? When are we going to get the red lines? Who has to, you know, is it inside counsel, outside counsel? Who's the signer? Is, you know, we're, we're coming yeah. up, you know, like, you know, for example, our, our second quarter ended October 31st, Halloween. Right, right. Oh, boy. done right up until the end of business. So you got to ask, oh, question, yeah. is the signer going to leave early to go hang out with the trick-or-treaters? There and, you go. You know, so that, all those things that are pretty basic, 
you know, when you can just sit down and map out what needs to be done in order to get a deal done. But so many people, so many people in sales think that that's an uh, an uncomfortable conversation to have with a customer or prospect. Um, and, and, And it's not. You know, I've had CIOs and I've had CFOs tell me when we're having that conversation, I've had them say, you know, I really appreciate that you actually asked me what we need to do in order to get this done. I, they, they, one of them said, I don't like surprises any more than you do. Right. And so, you know, for, for us to map out what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, mm-hmm. in order to hit the target, um, you know, I really, really appreciate that. So, uh, yeah. that, you know, That's if, great. If, you, if you're concerned about asking those questions and you think it's a hard conversation, you need to get over it because it's not a hard yeah. conversation. Here's the no, it's person. not. Talking That's to another right. business person. Well, I think the interesting thing, what you just said, Brent, I think it's extremely right. You know, you talked about learning the business and, and as you mentioned, the notion of listening. And one of the things I talk about in, in both uh, in the blog of DailySalesThoughts.com, for those of you who uh, read it, I talk about strategic listening because, you know, it's really important to be a strategic listener. And the second thing you mentioned, I think, Brent, very important, is the nature of how things are going to happen. And one of the things I talk to sellers a lot about is ask early. Don't, as you mentioned the comment, mm-hmm. Brent, you just made the right comment. You can't have a transaction hanging out there, and it's near the end of the time period, month, quarter, whatever, and you don't know how it's all going to finish. You right. got to know the steps, and one of the things I will tell you that I have seen in a variety of my customers, selling to a company has gotten a lot more complicated because there's a lot more diligence done than there used to be by procurement, by finance, by a lot of different factors in getting things done. And if you don't know them, and you think it's going to come in, like you use the example your end of end of quarter last Monday, and you don't know them early. Well, you're going to have a hard time getting that done. So I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Very well said, mm-hmm. and it's a great example. Now, on the same token, that's great advice for sellers about learning the business and, and be strategic and ask the questions. And secondly, what about managers? How should managers evolve their behavior? What, what, are the, what do you see the good managers doing now as opposed to people who maybe want to get better, need to get better at it? Yeah, I, you know, I, I – I, I personally think that as a manager, I think people respond better to to a, being a coach, somebody coaching them as opposed to yeah. beating them. Oh yeah. And um, you know, it, it, I don't know if you know, it, it, maybe it's because I've had success doing that, but it just seems mm-hmm. to be the way that people respond the most. So I, you know, I'd recommend that that managers, uh, especially frontline managers, you know, take more of a consultative, just like you would with a customer yeah. or a prospect, take more of a consultative approach. Yeah. I think you're um, right. Thing, yeah. Another thing that I would I would do, and, and we, we implemented this four years ago, three and a half, four years ago, we have um, weekly deal review calls mm-hmm. for key opportunities. We have a deal review, and they're, they're an hour long. Uh, we have a deal review on a Monday and deal reviews on Fridays. And uh, it's a, we have a certain structure that we use, and, you know, it's, it's basically – What's what's the deal about? How are we going to win? What are our risks? Who are the players? Yeah. What do we, you know, special anything you know, kind of the blocking and tackling stuff. And when we first implemented it, it was like um, it, it was awful. Mm, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Did not want to do it. They they didn't look. They thought, oh, geez, I've been successful. I don't need to do these things. Yeah. 
Yeah. But as time went on and our close rates went up and our revenues went up, people were like, you know what? They're, they're, they're painful, but I mean, it's not like we're mean during these things. It's very collaborative, but it's uh-huh. painful doing the preparation and it takes time. But people realize, hey, you know, this, this works. You know, I guess, right. I guess Brent's not as big as, of an idiot as I thought he was. So, yeah. um, so I would implement a deal review process. And it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, t- it doesn't have to take hours of preparation. It's, it's no. really a conversation about what's the deal and how we're going to get it closed. Yeah. And then and the third thing is, is I'll go back to, uh, to Phil, a guy that you and I have known for a long time. Um, he was a client of yours, and he's a golf buddy of mine, mm-hmm. Mike Galley. Ah, you knew him of course. Cardinals. Yes, so yes. About, yep, I met him about 20 years ago, and it was before I had ever gotten into sales management. I was in sales, but not uh-huh. sales management. And he, he and I were talking about what he did and how he did it, and he said, I'll tell you what, my philosophy on being a sales manager is very simple. If uh, I tell each one of my reps that if they are on pace, I'm sorry, if they're ahead of pace to make their number, then I work for them. I run interference mm-hmm. for them. I just stay out of their way, and I help them. You know, I do whatever they need in order to sell more stuff. Right. If they are on target to hit their number, we work hand-in-hand. Hand. You know, it's, we're yeah. in this together, shoulder-to-shoulder. Shoulder. Sure. And uh, very collaborative, you know, we bounce ideas off each other, and, you know, more than one way to skin a cat. So you probably, you know, we'll just work together. But if you're behind on your quota, then you definitely work for me. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it, it seems so simple, and, and I, right. I use that. And it, yeah, uh, good. it works amazingly well. So, yeah. um, you know, people, people, you know, people want to be successful. And right. give them the tools to be successful. Give them the coaching and the support to be successful. And as a manager or a director or a VP or whatever level you're at, your job is to make your people successful. The more of them, the, the more of them that sell a lot of stuff, the more money you're yeah. going to make. That's so, true. You know, figure out the way that you can enable them to, to be, put them in the best position to win. Right. And, uh, you know, everybody comes out ahead. I, yeah, that's very well said, Brent. You made a couple of interesting comments there. I thought, you know, you, you want your management to, style to be the, the very much the, the coaching style, not a browbeating style, because people typically don't respond very well to that. You, you also made a great comment in multiple different of our segments about the nature of a consultative approach. And I think that's important for sellers as they sell to a company, but just as important for a manager as you're leading a seller, you got to do the same thing because, you know, if, 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 cause the sellers, one of the things about working with sellers and sales managers is they, they very quickly figure out if you're really trying to help them or you're really not. And, and if they're not, I always like to say, Brent, and I've said this to you before I know, but to many people is I, sellers of anything believe in look at two things and two things only, their compensation plan and their manager, and about in that order. Okay, mm-hmm. That's just the way it is, and, and that's how sellers are motivated. So don't be surprised if your seller does, and, and you're not providing any value and your seller isn't paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. So. Now, one of the things, Brent, now I wanted to summarize what we've talked about because it's covered a lot of ground, but you've talked about the nature of sellers being, you know, the notion of consultative selling, which I think is very critical to, to be consistent with people. Be, you know, you, you're looking for predictability. So if you say a number is going to be a number, you're looking for that number to be the number. You talked earlier about how we've evolved over the last several years, which I think is very, very, very important. And the nature of selling now and 
the, the how selling uh, information's all out there. So sellers have to do a lot better job of really how you actually get the message across to the customer. You can't just you don't just throw up information and hope that it's going to stick because we know that won't work. You, you also did a really good job, I think, of talking to about the nature of, of how buyers and sellers work together. And I think we have a call from one of our – we have a caller. Well, I'll take just a minute to her call. We have Vern on the line. Vern from Atlanta, you're on the phone. Yeah, time challenged. Uh, you know, I've been counting on all my devices to, to uh, update <laughs> me on uh, the time change and failing miserably today. I'm sorry to hear that, Vern. What, what's your question for Brent or for me? Um, I don't know if I've heard uh, um, discussion about role of social media in that. I apologize if that question's been asked and answered, but uh, yeah. I was really interested in, in uh, a take on that and, and yeah. uh, what's, what's working well from, from uh, the perspective of the, the panelists you had today. Great question, Vern. Brent, go yeah. ahead. Fire away because I know you've dealt with that. Yeah, we, we're we're living it right now, and and it's <laughs> you know the, the certainly one of the keys is, is quality content. And when we started uh, started social marketing campaigns, we didn't have good content, and now we do. We've turned that around. Yeah. we've got you know we've got some people in the roles that are developing content that are really really good. That's one side of it. The other side of it is we're we're pushing our field salespeople and the frontline managers and the VPs all the way up to our CEO to. Mm-hmm post this stuff out on LinkedIn or for tweeting, right. and yeah. it has to Absolutely. be easy to do. That's the key right there. It has to be easy to do. You can't have yeah. you know, some knucklehead like me fumbling around trying to figure out how to post something yep. out on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, yeah. so we have software in place that, 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 that you know you basically just click a button, and it pushes it out. It, it even auto-schedules it for us. So, right. uh, so yeah, it's well, hugely, hugely important. It's got to be yeah, easy. Well, yeah, well, you know, Brent, I want to thank you so much Thank you for, uh, for your time and your expertise. I've learned a tremendous amount here. That'll be tomorrow's blog entry for those of you reading my blog. Next week, we've got C.J. Warsler, who's going to talk to us about selling in this day and age and his program. But I'm going to thank all of our listeners for, for dialing in from all over the world. Vern, for dialing in and t- asking a very good question. Thank you all so much. Sales execution optimization is the new SEO We look forward to being with you next week at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great selling week. Thank you for listening this week. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, can be heard live every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. 